And we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars podcast, and we are hosting tonight Nate and Thomas. The Paranoid American. We got Kenny Palorentano. I was joking that I was going to screw up your name, and I think I fucking nailed it. Yep, got it. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> so, Kenny, this is your first time on the show. Uh, so, we actually met, I think, man, how many years ago was that? Was that like three and a half years ago, something like that? Yeah, that would have been, what, 20... 19 or 2020 2020 2020 maybe? man it was in the height of the fucking lockdowns it was yeah. at a time because i was a i lived in oregon and we were going up to washington it was like the time where if you went into washington you were supposed to do a two-week quarantine when you came back it was like right. during the height of all the fucking insanity it was ridiculous it was the best of times and it was the worst of times <laughs> it was For man real. it was the <laughs> most refreshing thing to find other people that weren't fucking crazy no one was wearing masks. I mean, the jab didn't even exist, I don't think, at that point. Mm. And, or, I mean, it, it did. They just didn't put it out. I mean, I think the fucking jab existed before yeah. they put out the fucking virus. But, anyways, uh, it, it was it was a fucking weird time, dude. And everyone was acting like they were afraid and it was weird. And it was really refreshing and nice to just hang out with people that hated the government and liked freedom. And it was a really fucking cool time, man. So, uh, and I barely remember you because i barely remember those days but uh kenny thank you so much for coming on uh we have a mutual friend we got a couple mutual friends i guess yeah we got tony our other co-host and uh we got adam from deborah gets red pilled shout out to adam we love you uh kenny tell us a little bit about yourself and where can people find you do you have a do you have a media presence what are you up to these days uh i'm just starting to like dabble back into the media realm i deleted myself in the previous winter uh from i only had a few like blockchain based platforms basically but i just like got rid of everything got rid of any in, internal layer or like in go incoming or outgoing i didn't want any feeds i didn't want any kind of internet presence and that was really refreshing um but yeah I've, I've been you know living out of my backpack for eight years now uh living on the road staying somewhere maybe like two months at a time at the most uh i left with no money when i left i had like 200 dollars in my pocket and i just sort of floated for the first year dumpster diving volunteering for events hitchhiking like a year later got introduced to a crypto platform it's gone now but uh, called steam where you could put up content and based on the likes you got paid in crypto is that like, gone yeah, it, it's been hard forked. Uh, there's a few different hard forks that came off of it. The original one got taken over by the Chinese government, basically, and mm. collapsed. Uh, so the steam chain itself is dead. Like, like a 51% kind of takeover? Really? Yeah. yeah. So like, they legitimately took it over. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah, we had a huge get out the vote campaign thing, and then they, they got three different exchanges, actually, including Binance, like one of the biggest to stake a hundred percent of their clients steam to vote in the governance to take over and uh wow. that was a, thir a 13 week unstaking period so that's like not a small deal to do that and then they announced you know a few days later after everything settled they were like oh sorry we thought that was just like routine we didn't realize we were doing anything wrong like <laughs> <laughs> whoops <laughs> yeah um but yeah, I, I was on that for like six years straight. Uh, mm -hmm. 
blogging every day, vlogging every day. I created a big voting bot thing of voting swarm, started supporting all these different communities around natural medicine, the information war community, the uh, like spirit web community, the eco train, all the people doing like the kind of the cool anarchist, agorist, at least outside of the system stuff, kind of working as the, the connector of those and getting all the, everybody's votes pulled together so everybody could make more money. And uh, yeah, that just kind of, that system died off over time. And then I walked away from any of it after, after realizing like six years in, it was still super centralized. And now all the anarchists had basically sold their stake and it was controlled by people who were, zeroing you out if you uh talked about the jab negatively or if you talked about the lockdowns negatively so it's like my internet home kind of was lost to me so i was just like ah screw that i'm gonna go back to like what life was like before i was doing all of that and staring at a screen all the time and just traveling around and hanging out with cool people at these events and not not having to blog about it not having to record a video every day about it like getting back to it and now, yeah, like coming to try to find some, find some balance first and stuff, right? Hmm? Like you actually get to eat a meal without having to take a picture of it first, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I, I'm, I'm pretty. I don't know. I'm leaning more and more towards some, some and prim stuff a little bit at this point. I'm like, we could probably do better if we got a nice solar <laughs> flare that just knocked out all the electronics. I could wipe my ass with some leaves. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sold. Not a lot of people wouldn't do well. I would do fine. I grew yeah, up buddy. in Boy Scouts Ask and I go to Rainbow every year. And... Yes. <laughs> what was that, Nate? You're you're on a little bit of a delay. Doing shit right now. I don't know why it's so crappy. I was saying that Ted Kaczynski had a few good ideas. Right. <laughs> yeah. He had the right idea. Just poor execution. <laughs> okay. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah um, oh shit yeah i so think I'm, I have uh, a I'm, terrible delay dude yeah it's real bad <laughs> okay. keep going keep going <laughs> uh yeah so i'm a i'm a chef i'm a vegan chef i do like all organic non-gmo soy free sugar free no fake stuff uh, whole food, plant-based food. Where you at on stevia? Uh, I'm not a fan of it personally. I really? haven't done a lot of research into it, but it just it tastes bitter to me. A lot of those sweeteners, like uh, stevia and erythritol and stuff, when I taste them, they just taste like chemical bitter. Uh, really? So I, I don't want it. But I'm not. I haven't gone into it, and like, I don't use it really for sweeteners. I use like dates, and then maple syrup, and then maybe raw agave would be like my next. But mostly dates or maple syrup. Um, but yeah, so I, I like, yeah, I just like uh, my live by trusting the universe. Basically, is my whole thing. Like I learned applied kinesiology, muscle testing would be another term for it. But also just living by like what the opportunities are. That was a huge part of the the living out of my backpack, giving everything up, just hitchhiking and stuff was like. I had done all this work to step out of the old system, unlearn a whole bunch of things, and then get into these ideas of, you know, like uh, the the laws of reality, the you know natural law, the law of attraction, just even just like our own consciousness and the way that our experience is largely based on 
you know, confirmation bias and the things that we believe and the things we expect we're going to notice more of and all that. Uh, so like shaping our own reality is very feasible from whichever angle you want to explain it. It all plays out to like the stories you tell yourself shape the, li the life you live. And I had convinced myself of that kind of, but I was like, oh, I want to test it more scientifically and like give up this consistent job in this place that I have a rent on with community there and all of that. Like I want to actually trust it. And so that's kind of why I started living this way. And then everything's just fallen into my lap. And, you know, I had huge crypto moments for a while there and then very small crypto moments for many times in there and just kind of, you know, I never really make plans. I don't really keep track of the math. I just like fund cool projects when I see cool projects and, you know, keep it flowing in and out. And it always keeps working and unfolding. And I just spent three months in Mexico you know, half of it on the beach, half of it up in the mountains, like different places. Like it's yeah. Uh, living free. You know, I don't have bank accounts at all. I don't have any credit cards. I don't have any licenses. I don't like, I, I have a passport that's going to expire soon and that's it. Uh, and when it's gone, I'm fine. There's lots of ways to get between places here on the continent. And, uh, I, I'm not too worried about getting off the continent right now. It's a big place. So are you still, I, I don't know how bad this delay is. Are you still fairly, um, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Are, are you still pretty sold on crypto? Like, um, are you still pretty enthusiastic about crypto at this point? Yes and no. I've always been kind of yes and no. I'm more of a uh, get super local, mostly gift economy, a little bit of exchange between like the local tribes kind of energy. Um, that's, you know, I want to have my, my plot of land with my 25, 30 people that I want to live with. And then we know all the people nearby and we trade with them, but we just like, don't really even keep a tally at home because we don't have to, because we're all like living abundantly. Um, but I see a crypto is definitely, you know, better than fiat. It's better than using MasterCard or keeping money in banks or keeping money in stocks or you know, to the degree that we're going to use these things, I would much rather be on in on the side where there's there's decentralization options. Not all of them are decentralized. Some of you know, it's it's a sliding scale, and there's privacy options. Obviously, like Bitcoin is a transparent public ledger, but then something like Monero, you know, is theoretically totally private still and keeps upgrading and staying ahead of potential. But I mean, as others. private as you can be online. But exactly. still, um, I mean, I I like what you're talking about as far as using crypto as a means of exchange and just using it uh, like, I guess, as money over uh, like obviously fiat and things like that. I guess I have a problem with some of the dudes that are like crypto investors and they just like dude, they're just dumping tons of fucking money and all of their shit into crypto. And I think that like those type of folks. I think they're in it for the wrong reasons and I don't think that they're going to get what they want. Like, I don't think they're going to get what they're expecting out of it. Like, um, I, I, I like the vision yeah. that you have. Cause like I am, I did, I'm, I'm a half hippie. Uh, I love that shit. I want to, I want, I'm an agorist to the core. Like I'm all about the underground, like black market. I love that shit. So, I mean, that's my dream is to have some acres and to have a farm with the family and with like friends and that like that's a beautiful fucking image i love that shit that sounds amazing um so i think you're doing crypto right you're like just using it as a i mean 
just so that you can be off of like i mean the babylon fucking system um yeah well that's that's cool man yeah yeah and there's yeah there's just so many options where it can actually help us and be yeah like before like i've been unbanked since 2009 you know, so no credit cards, no debit cards, no bank account, no wire transfers, no none of that. So until I got into crypto in 2016, that was seven years where I couldn't buy something online. Like I, you know, buying a plane ticket meant like I had to find somebody else who was down to put a couple hundred dollars on their credit card for a plane ticket. And I would give them cash because that was all I had was cash. Uh, so for me, crypto really opened doors and there's a lot of other people uh, especially in you know third world countries and especially in really poor areas that don't have the same banking access to online stuff. So it's like crypto opens those doors, plus those potential you know uh, ways to make money with you know things like Rumble and Odyssey and Hive to a degree, Steam when it was a thing, like you know places where you can monetize and decentralize the content using crypto. Like I like to tell people about pre-search. I don't know if you use it, uh, the search engine. That's a blockchain. I'm not familiar with it. No. Okay. Um, it's really oh, good. I was just gonna say that I'll definitely check that out. You said pre-search. Yeah, pre-search.org. Yeah. yeah, privatized. It privatized searches using a node-to-node peer-to-peer network that then passes the information off. Once it strips away the metadata, it passes off the questions and then brings you the results. That you can use to search their engine or to search google amazon DuckDuckGo, whatever other search engine you want you can even plug in your own like whatever custom search engines and then you get paid in crypto for every search that's pretty fucking neat is it like can you just access this through like your normal device and through like mm-hmm. okay that's interesting so it's not like i don't have to get it's not like a tor browser or is it kind of like a tor browser no no um, no it's like you can okay. just use the website you can use an app on your phone. You can use a browser plugin on your on your PC or whatever. There's a few, you know, but you can just go to the website and then log in, so it's ca- keeping track of your your points. Or you can use it without the points and be more private and not have an account of any kind and just use it to search stuff privately. Or you can set up a node and then get paid in crypto for people using your node as an exit point to do searches for stuff. You know. I think probably half the reason why I don't really fuck with crypto that much is because I'm technically retarded. Like when it comes to <laughs> these things, like like yeah. uh, we have a rock fin, and we're starting to accumulate some RAE in our in our rock fin. I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know how I'll ever cash it in or ever spend it. So it's just okay. gonna sit there and accumulate until there's like enough of it that it's actually worth uh, the effort that it would take for me to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's just, I'm just going to let it stack for a while, I guess, for maybe a year and then maybe it'll be worth looking at. Um, yeah. but I, I think the whole idea is pretty fucking neat, man. Cause I remember I was listening to a podcast, you're familiar with this guy. He was called the bad Quaker Ben Stone. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Badass motherfucker, man, dude, that guy was so fucking cool. But he was talking about trying to like, um, it was, I think it was him and a guest. They were talking about like trying to set up like homeless people in San Francisco. They're trying to set them up with like uh, crypto wallets. And, mm-hmm. and he was like, I don't know, just the whole idea was fucking neat. Cause he was like, dude, we can get these, these hobos basically like we can like, cause they all have cell phones. Like, uh, like Obama was given cell phones out and he's like, dude, we can set them up with like crypto wallets. And then like, they can't get robbed. 
You know what I mean? They're like carrying, like they can get their phone taken or something maybe, but it, they can't take their crypto wallet, you know? And, um, and then, I mean, you can buy whatever you want with it. I don't know. It was just a fascinating idea. And I, and I liked that idea. Um, and you were talking about in the third world, how crypto has like made it uh, kind of a different type of trade available. Cause like, I remember being in Mexico and what the thing that I loved the most actually was just like watching the entrepreneurship of just like literally everyone. So like you'd walk down in a neighborhood and every fucking house basically had a storefront. Like there was like, they had like a Coca-Cola machine, like, or, you know, like you go and buy sodas, they had gum, like you could go inside their house. They'd be selling fucking tacos. They had like blankets, whatever you fucking want. I'm sure you could get any other type of thing that you wanted there too. You know, it was like, like almost every fucking neighborhood had these little houses and everybody was hustling. Everybody was selling. Um, and I just loved it, man. I thought it, that was the coolest thing. It was like as close to like Encapistan as you could get with like just like total laissez-faire. Just people. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was kind of neat, man. But I mean, for them, it's almost like a survival mechanism. Like if, I think if they don't do that, they're, you know, because we were in a pretty impoverished area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just, it's much more normal down there to yeah have just things that are hustles and nobody's paying taxes and nobody has any income that the government knows about. And they don't use banks. Like most of those folks don't use banks. They go to the Banco Azteca to cash checks if they get checks from people, you know what I mean? And they just get cash. Uh, it's yeah, it's very interesting down there. I like, I like Mexico. I like, you know, I've been going for eight years now for like three to six months every year. And dude, I, I yeah, fell in love great. with Mexico, dude. It is, it really is fucking amazing, dude. Like the people are just so kind, so open. I mean, the food is fucking amazing. It ruined me for like tacos because I came back up here and I was like, this is dog shit. This is awful. Yeah, man. It's just, it's the most beautiful place. I And the people are fucking beautiful. It's a great spot, man. And I know it gets demonized a lot with like, like cartels and things and like i think you do have to worry about that somewhat in certain areas but like the majority of mexico is not like that dude yeah yeah it's like just don't be out late at night trying to get prostitutes and hard drugs don't drive on the like inner city you know the, the between city highways late what's at the night. ideal time of day like, to don't... get prostitutes and drugs in mexico <laughs> by the way high noon yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, like early afternoon, like early evening. Like so this is one of those situations when you actually do want the day crowd, okay? Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's, I mean, I've been to all sorts of places, west coast of Mexico, uh, east coast of Mexico, central Mexico, like on the northern sides, the southern side. I've been all over, not everywhere by any means, but I've been all over it, and I haven't felt unsafe anywhere, really. I know a couple people who have had robberies on buses out of the hundreds of people that I've known who have traveled across it for years and years and years now. You know, Dude, so it's not, I know people that get robbed in Portland. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people I mean. Stabbed out here. Like, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, no place is safe and every place is safe. Here. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, out here in the States, people think they're safe, but because they can call the cops even though the cops have no mandate to actually protect you right. and they're just assumed to rob you as, as someone mm -hmm. else. Yeah. And best case scenario, even if they just come to help, they're 15 minutes late and you're already dead. Yep. Like, yeah. 
hundred percent, dude. Yeah, at least like yeah. the federales and shit like that. At least there's some honesty there. So like, oh, yeah, they just want bribes. They just want bribes. Yeah. So yeah. like, I literally, I know, I knew a guy that drove all the way through Mexico, and he just had extra bribe money. He's just like, yep. I just had this ready. I just like, here you go, and because I know I'm gonna get pulled over, and yeah. uh, that's just what happens. Because yeah. I'm white. I'm going to get pulled over in in the military um, when I was in South Texas for anyone that was planning to go over the border, usually to like Laredo or Boys Town or something. Uh, but the military actually would instruct people to always keep extra cash, usually between 20 and 40 dollars in a sock or like, you know, in your underpants or just in various places, just in case someone steals your wallet or if you need the police. Uh, you always need to have like 20 bucks to, you know, wet the whistle uh, in order to get back, you know, or just like out of trouble. It was kind of like a known thing that our, you know, our actual commanding officers would let us know, like, hey, you know, make sure you actually have money on you to like for the bribes. I mean, at least they're open and honest about it, because, I mean, it's not that different here. It's just that, you know, it's there's an understanding there. And so you can wet the whistle. You can get the cop's attention, and he will, you know, he'll if you need some fucking help. Here's forty bucks, and then he, you've got his attention. Hey, I'm going <laughs> to stab this guy. Look, look that way real quick. I mean, you're not a hundred percent wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, see that that's the that's the other side of that coin, though, too, right? If if you can bribe your way out of some mundane thing that maybe they pulled you over just to get the bribe money. That Maybe same bribery, well, that well, that same hundred dollars will let you get away with probably something that you shouldn't that does harm another person. Whereas in the states, uh, not as a devil's advocate thing, but in the states, like a hundred dollars, maybe you could wet a cop's whistle, but they're they're probably not going to give up their pension over a hundred bucks, five grand, okay, maybe. But look at the know. bargain in that. So if I have to, if I want somebody killed or something, it's going to cost me like a hundred thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Over there, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> Pennies on the dollar for murders. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's a great country in a lot of ways. It, and also, you know, every place is great in different ways, too. Like, I honestly, I'm, I'm more interested in land in the States than land in Mexico for various reasons. And just not in hear, certain states. Hear you know, that, there's man. certain states that are great, and there's certain states that are. Yeah, less great and i think the states are more likely to have like mass secession than anything else i think like breakaway seems likely in the next 10 years or something uh, i don't know for sure but just the states like you know north dakota wyoming montana idaho uh arizona almost but phoenix kind of ruins it um texas to some degree but i feel like it's more of a psyop than than some of the others there's like the ones that didn't respond to it's covid bullshit. like dumbasses and hmm? yeah, full of bootlickers dude they're full of yeah fucking top steers and queers is what i say <laughs> I'm, curious, uh, uh, I'm curious your pros and cons of like buying land or just like growing in mexico at Mexico for a while. There's there's a few things. One, there's this thing called ejido land that exists in lots of Mexico where basically the locals can just decide to get rid of you. Um, 
it's in a, it's like reverse reverse res, uh, reservations in the states. It's like the opposite of that. Uh, so like because it's land where they've been, like they have just like final say on stuff, which doesn't mean you're not gonna be able to just get along with the locals somewhere. Um, but that's the thing you have to be aware of in different places. There's all the rules about where you can and can't own land if you're not a citizen. There's just the fact that they are more likely to have like a governmental toppling flipping soon, I feel like, especially with the way AMLO keeps talking shit to Trudeau and to Biden and uh, is, you know, more going with the the brick side, like going to be like, he's asking you know, there's for a reason some freedom and democracy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, while I was down there, uh, Trudeau and Biden were in the country having closed-door talks with AMLO, and then, like, two weeks later, the, what, two or three largest, two or three largest, um, what is it, Pemex refineries in Mexico caught on fire mysteriously, uh, which is, you know, something that the U.S. That is, is how kind of known for. Starts, though. Freedom usually <laughs> yeah. starts after a big fire. <laughs> spontaneous combustion that nobody can explain yeah uh, <laughs> so it's like there may be some democracy raining down on mexico here soon um potentially you know uh so there's it's it's just less stable in those ways one like on the pro side for the states for me is like the land patent process is very clear in the u.s it's still a thing you can do uh, if you can get the actual free and clear deed for a property, you can go through the process to get the land patent, and then you're you know you're off you're off paper. You're not liable for taxes. Nine nine one one calls don't recognize you unless you go make like a contract with the local people. Like it's uh, you know it's not like a sovereign man movement thing or anything. It's like Investopedia and like mainstream sources talk about it. They just don't promote it. Like it's on their websites it says you know this is a thing we'll do for you if you want but like you just have to go to the slash 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 thing to get to it but it's right there uh so it's one of those that's like more just kind of unknown but yeah if you get the land patent in the states in a state that's like idaho or montana or something that's mostly empty definitely mostly red mostly anti-government people uh all of that good stuff again mostly empty mostly national forest kind of thing like I, it feels like one of the safest places you can be. Uh, and then getting the land patent on the property, getting all the other pieces in place in terms of, you know, having your own energy source, having your own water source, growing your own food. All of a sudden it's like, okay, Babylon is literally a different thing over there. It's not part of my life. Like we're not feeding it. We're not feeding from it. We're literally just living over here parallel. And that that's really the goal is just to not even be not even be playing with it at all. Dude, I think that's fucking awesome, man. And you're kind of living proof that this shit is possible because like you know, I hear a lot of people talking and I I talk some about this kind of shit. You've been not using fucking banks for years. That's fucking awesome, first of all. So kudos to you. That's fucking neat. And I've never heard of this land patent shit. This sounds Bro. fucking neat, man. Like I will occasionally run into the folks that are like the sovereign citizen folks that like are talking about like, and you know, it's fun and I like to have those conversations, but like, uh, like I'm not sure about the whole maritime law shit. I'm not sure that like we can, I, I don't know about that. So 
I, I'd, I'd like to see it actually work before I fucking invest in that kind of shit. Uh, but tell me a little bit more about this land patents. And d- personally, I've been looking at Idaho. I, Idaho is fucking beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so land patents are the, so like a, you know, a deed, what most people have at best, normally they have a mortgage against a deed, like they have a deed with a lien on it. They have a mortgage, right? Uh, the, the death grip. Uh, a deed is a lease in perpetuity. Uh, so it's not it's not an ownership document. It's a registration document of a lease on that land. And that's why if you pay for your if you paid your mortgage off and you've paid your property taxes for 60 years and then you stop. Well, it's only a few months before they come and take that property from you because you stop paying your rent. It's not yours at all. The, the land patent is what they used to issue. It's what people got after, you know, the Revolutionary War, Civil War. And maybe not Revolutionary War. I don't know if they had it up and running at that point. But definitely the Civil War and throughout various time periods up until the late, late 1800s. And then that's when they started collecting land patents and issuing deeds against them. And that's been most... There's still people that have land land patents. Mostly people that have like had land you know, in the family for four generations or whatever. Uh, or they've gone through the process themselves. Because you just have to have the the deed free and clear it's like you know no no mortgage on it and you have to have all the different rights too you can't have like a partial deed and then you find the well you have to file with like it's either going to be the county or the state uh bureau of land management maybe for the original land patent on that piece of property and then you have to ask them for all of the the transactions the buys and sells you know the transfers of ownership uh, between them uh, from that first patent to where you're at now. And they have to give you all of that. It's all public record stuff. You know, it's just like filing for it and then waiting to get it back. And then you have to file the document for the land patent, put it all together, post it in a public place for 30 days, send it off, and they send you the land patent for that piece of And then the ATF shows up and shoots all your dogs. (laughs) No, this one, that's the thing is this one is a very, it, it's, it seems like one, one that's more like a loophole that they use for themselves kind of thing too. It less, less like a, Hey, I'm, you know, taking ownership of my social security number. Like none of that sort of thing. Like, I'm not going to be the one doing it with the piece of land. Um, Cause I'm not going to go into contracting with the government. Somebody else is going to do that. And then we're going to have a land trust and the land trust is going to own the land patent. And then all of our, our agreements for our village, basically our, our constitution, will all be part of the land trust itself. Uh, well, whenever you do this, man, hit me up because I want to be part of this. <laughs> this sounds fucking amazing, dude. Is this like a five-year plan? Damn. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, realistically, you know, crypto, run, crypto runs on four-year cycles. And so we're one year from the next Bitcoin having, which regardless of other stuff, basically crypto bull run will come within a few months of that, if not a little before. Um, so I've got a bunch of money that I took have taken out from previous ones and stuff. I'm basically it's like waiting for crypto and metals because that's where my savings are at is like silver and gold. Uh, waiting for crypto and metals to come up while the real estate market starts coming down. And when there's that perfect 
because right now prices haven't really started coming down. Sales have stopped a lot. Things are getting listed more, but the the prices haven't actually started falling out the bottom yet. Yeah, hundred um, yeah, percent, so, dude. And yeah. no one is buying right now. Right. It's so it's like waiting. Absolutely waiting. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's probably about a year before we're going to really see the dips in property values. Because, yeah, I mean, I bought somewhat high here, but I also got in with that sweet, sweet like, like two point seven five interest rate locked. So there was that. There was that sweet fucking sweet spot yeah. so i think i i actually i'm doing all right because eventually property values will go back up and maybe that's when i'll sell this fucking this little house in the middle of nowhere yeah yeah or if they do some kind of big full reset of things you're in a great place having a huge amount of debt sitting over there it's much better than having you know tons of money sitting in the bank uh that maybe. that's where you want to that's where you want to <laughs> be when when they flip things like that <laughs> Kenny, I, I want to hear your opinions on this stuff, man. So, like, I've been I've been watching a little bit as far as like, dude. If, if most people are not looking at this shit at all, most people don't even know this shit is it, it. But you mentioned it, and it's the BRICS agreement, right? And so, like, China has really been fucking taking things by like the bull by the horns. They've been like doing things like like starting to create peace as far as like Saudi Arabia and Iran, that's a fucking crazy one that people aren't talking about. Uh, Because they've been at war forever, at least like um, ideologically, right? The the Sunni and the Shia. And they're like, they're kind of being like, look, you're both brown, you're both Muslim, uh, the West (laughs) hates you. They're never gonna, you know, like you guys, like if you guys don't get your own back, this is kind of like the Mexicans are like, you're gonna have to be like La Raza, man. You're gonna have to like have some brown pride here, because like, like America is not either one of your friends. They hate both of you. Like, that's interesting. And China is kind of in doing that, dude. And so that's been interesting. China is also making some big agreements with Russia, uh, and then with South Africa is taking Russia side. Like all of these different countries are like taking yeah. like the East side, and America, it, we we're. There's no seat at the table for us, and America's the evil empire. I like we fuck like we shit in the bed, and I get it. And I don't fucking care. I want to see this empire crumble. Yeah. But what <laughs> what is your uh, thoughts on what's happening right now, and what do you think is going to happen? Just in your opinion, I know you're not you don't know the future, but how do you see shit? Um. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it, it should be getting close to the end of the American empire at this point, but I feel like it's going to keep going for a while. It's just, it's so enrooted as well, you know, bases in like 150 plus different countries. And like, it is still, it's going to be weird to see what happens. I, I think they're going to, yeah, largely collapse the dollar through shifting everything over to the one and shifting to, you know, this alternative side of things there while also... I think they want to collapse a lot more economies in the EU and they want to collapse our currency. And so like, they want to collapse a lot of it as part of the shift to the CBDC system and the whole new, like there's going to be, I think there's gonna be a lot more universal basic income. I think there's going to be a lot more. Yeah. All of that stuff is going to be becoming along with this. I bet, I bet there's some lockdowns and there's some stimulus and the stimulus requires you to get on the CBD system to get it. And there's going to be, you know, all the things that we would expect, especially from what they've already tested in different places. Uh, so, 
I, my timeline is basically, I, you know, who knows? I'm ready to go whenever. Like, I, I travel with two backpacks and I'm like, <laughs> I have my life straw and I have my emergency sleeping set up and I have, like, I'm set. <laughs> uh, but I think we got like two years realistically um i think we things are gonna start crumbling and stuff they're gonna you know because they can make money on all the different pieces of it they can steal more people's energy they can steal more attention they can distract from things they can do all sorts of stuff while doing planned demolitions of different parts of the economy and i think crypto is going to go up starting in 24 like literally one year from now we're going to see the like the bull run actually start again i think and then in 25 it'll be like the other stuff crashing and they'll crash crypto probably pull the plug on tether tether's been a scam forever probably pull the plug on a couple big exchanges and then use all of that to do like the full debt forgiveness roll out the cbdc's universal tracked currency blah 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 blah, blah while we're on you know sars cov 3 or whatever just rolling out too probably yeah, that sounds about right, man. I think you're absolutely right uh, with quite a bit of that. Um, that was another thing that I didn't mention is that uh, Russia has just now decided to start trading as far as like selling, I think probably their oil or whatever the fuck with South America and the rest of East Asia and where the fuck else was that? It was somewhere else. Um, and they're, they're going to start using the one. Yep. So like yep. it, yeah, the, the petrodollar is really... Yeah, the, the petrodollar is it's time in the sun. I think we're, we're going to see that. I think in the next six months, I think you're going to see Saudi Arabia start trading and probably in the one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking fascinating, man. It's fucking nuts. Um, I'm curious to hear your opinion on this. So, uh, because I think the people that are orchestrating this type of thing aren't American. Or if they are, their interests aren't American. I think this is more of like a global type um, they are trying to enact. Um, as far as like the central banks and things, how long do you think it's going to be? Or let's say the American empire, as we know it, our dollar crashes. Uh, they switch us over to like a CBDC. Um how do you think that that is going to be a worldwide phenomena or do you think this is going to be west type of thing i think it's going to be pretty universal i think they they all benefit from it they're all going to put more power into the un and more power into the who and you know from like we're we're likely to see an operation blue beam thing you know with some big aliens here in the next few years too they just keep hinting at it so hard since 2020 especially it's like, especially if the next pandemic doesn't roll out as well as they hope it does, like if it doesn't get the same level of buy-in, then I could see them switching to aliens as the next thing. Uh, so Dude, what happened to monkeypox? <laughs> what what <laughs> happened to monkeypox? It was just <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was here today, and, yeah. and... gone. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty fucking hilarious, dude. Like when it, once it finally came out that like basically the only people that were getting it were butt fucking, and uh yeah, yeah, then it disappeared. Oh, was that the one, dude? I forgot all about yeah. that. And that yeah. Was... yeah, 
it was around it for was like two monkey weeks. Pox? Man, I, I even forgot the name of it, but I remember that aspect of it where it was a very specific community. And then when um, they, you know, whenever that would come out, I'm like, no, 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 that's not true. And then you look into the facts and it's like 99.9% comes yep. from what was it like, uh, like promiscuous multiple sexual partners within like Via the same anal day. sex yeah yeah <laughs> and and it wasn't just like if you just happen to be in that community it was like you had to be in that community and be getting crazy like on the weekends like four yeah. five six seven partners per day and that was such a niche you know part of that community and it was like we don't know how it's spreading it doesn't make any sense they the called it a out. global pandemic they called it a global yeah. issue and it was like it was no. like a few hundred gay yeah. guys that just love to get banged <laughs> in the butt. Right. Yeah. Just a tiny, tiny fringe thing. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's so normalized. That's so normal, too. Like, if you look at Neil Ferguson, the guy from Imperial College who put out the big, uh, so you know, so-called simulation, but it was found to be totally fraudulent anyways, that said all these deaths were going to happen in the U.S., all these deaths were going to happen in the U.K., that's why you have to shut down the countries and shut down the schools and led to the lockdowns in 2020 like literally the document they were holding up as like the reasoning like the the thing that started all the conversation like it's their piece but you look at neil ferguson's track record he does it every year he was the guy behind avian flu he was the guy behind h1n1 he was the guy behind zika virus he was the guy behind this hoof and mouth thing like in the uk like he's done it like every year since like 2005 said and it's always the same result from his little machine it always spits out like millions of people die shut down the whole world shut down the schools and that was just like the first time they gave it a 24-hour media presence to see what would happen every other time they just like printed the report mentioned it on the news a couple times nobody fell for it and they'd like let go yeah dude this was really a big giant social experiment because like i want to see where all the kids are with the golf ball heads like Zika was supposed to give all these kids microcephaly, microcephaly, microcephaly. Yeah. anyways. Microcephaly. We to, yes, there you go. We were supposed to see little kids with ping pong ball heads, and I haven't seen one yet. No. Yeah. You got to pay extra all, for those, bro. They keep them in the back. <laughs> well, dude, I actually, that reminds me, when I was a kid, my mom rented this video from uh, the library, and it was called, I think it was called Freaks. Do you know do you know what I'm talking about? And it was this movie that was like created. I was like, I don't know, it was probably made in the like 40s or something. It was an old ass about uh the like the circus, the circuses out there. And there was these two sisters, they were twins, and they both had micro uh microcephaly. And uh, anyways, they had pinheads, and they had this like they had a tight ponytail, and their their names were Schlitzy and something else. And anyways, it just stuck with me. That was like my mom would like she would fuck with me she would like put that on and it would freak me out that's where that meme comes from of like the one of us one of us that's where that came from was that movie oh Oh, is it really it is it's it's the very ending scene because someone tries to like infiltrate the freaks pretending that they're one but they're but it's fake but then they end up like maiming her something and turning her into an actual freak and then it's like now you're a real freak now you're one of us (laughs) there you go man (laughs) yeah that's my adhd when i let the adhd run the fucking show uh we'll start talking about (laughs) microcephaly and yeah 
it's oh. yeah, it's all psyops. I think is one of the, the one of the the phrases that I've been enjoying recently because it's just like everything, right? Everything the, out the, there. The, the just... Zika was a big one in Florida, and it, they got me too because they had people. They're like, if you've got any standing water that's been stagnant for more than two days, just like turn it over, flush it out. So for the long, like for a few months, I was like, I don't want to get some weird Zika virus. So I would just like <laughs> go out back and like you know just like knocking over like little pots and stuff that had accumulated water because i mean that's what it that's what the recommendation was you know what i mean i wasn't stocking up on tamiflu and starting tamiflu or anything but i was definitely like spraying crap down because that's what everyone was saying to do what did they say that zika could actually do to an adult because i thought like the biggest fear was that you were going to be pregnant and then you were going to get bit and then then you were going to have a golf ball baby. Yeah, I didn't want to get pregnant and have a golf ball baby. Come on, okay. dude. <laughs> I don't even remember. Plans. I don't even remember. I, I just remember I was in Guatemala when it happened, and it wasn't a thing down there at all. But a bunch of us down there heard from people in the States that were like, oh, no, you're in Guatemala. Watch out for Zika virus. And we were all just like, what the hell are they talking about? And they're like, no, it's huge there. It's a thing. It's like pand- pandemonium in the country. It's like. No, we've been here for a month. Nobody's even mentioned this. Like, <laughs> well, dude, there's always these fucking viruses and things that you're supposed to be afraid of, like like you were mentioning before. But I remember one that they tried to roll out. Uh, this must have been about a decade ago. Uh, this one freaked me out. They were talking about Chagas, if you're familiar with Chagas, and they were calling it the new AIDS. And you were going to get it from these little bugs. They're called the kissing bugs. And they kind of look like a stink bug. Or they are, they're also called an assassin beetle. And they're supposedly, I don't know why, they, they like to spit on your lips. So they'll land near your mouth and bite you. And that's why they call them kissing bugs. Hmm. And they pass this little parasite that comes and destroys your immune system. And it it's called chagas. And it freaked me the fuck out. So anytime I saw a stink bug, I'd start like smacking it. I'd, I'd have like, I'd have like sticks in my hand all the time. It freaked me the fuck out. I didn't want chagas. Like, I fell for just, that one. Just hear me out, but if that's how they attack, couldn't you just have worn a face mask to prevent yeah, getting chagas? <laughs> but you'd have to explain to everyone, no, no, this isn't a Fauci mask, it's a Chagas mask. Right? Different thing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I mean, really, for me, that, like, the whole health thing is all the same it's the same as the other side of it's all about living solutions oriented like living ahead of these things so like you don't have to worry about x y or z new thing that's going around or isn't going around or is from a lab or isn't from a lab or is just a psyop or isn't be if you take care of your body really well right like if you're getting enough of the vitamins and the nutrients if you're getting enough clean water if you're doing enough detoxing of heavy metals and stuff like that especially depending on where you're at if they're spraying your area if there's shitty water there that you've been drinking for years if you you know like if you take care of your body if you get enough vitamin d if you get enough zinc if enough vitamin c like you're fine regardless of whether it's germ theory or terrain theory or laboratory made things or wild things because your body's just like, oh, yeah, at worst, you get sick for a day. You know, like, it, it's so much easier, and I just don't even have to care about any of that. I'm like, I don't, I'm good. I'm, I I treat my body really well. I eat really well. I take care of myself. Like, most of my money is spent on food and clean water if I'm in, you know, and, like, I plan a lot of my travels and stuff around where there's good food and where there's good water and, you know, spending enough time meditating and spending enough time 
like yeah and i travel with a bunch of herbal medicine and essential oils and supplements of different kind like i've got all the stuff but it's all just based on foods and it's all just based on plants and it's like amazing the things that we can do with our bodies with the yeah some a little bit of willingness to to put in the work where, the, where are you at just on like, um, like synthetics like for example like uh, synthetic mescaline or uh, mdma or you know like are you pro con any of that or does it like have to all come from the earth or what uh i mean i don't i don't do any of it myself i do like i do some cannabis some like microdosing of mushrooms that's about it at this point uh i used to do a lot of things back in the day i used to like sell cocaine and sell pills and sell weed and like hang out in strip clubs every day after work slinging and like i i, I had that phase and uh now I'm we just were like, all 20 yeah. once <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it, it lasted and about 30 six years and 40 me, whatever yeah like, no judgments <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah i don't i don't go near any of that stuff myself and and even like lsd and stuff it's like it's so you don't really know what it is so much of it so much of it isn't the chemicals they claim for that it is it's some you know alternative of that it's some analog of that it's something that's similar it's cut with this thing or that thing and you know yeah i just i don't really do it for so many reasons at this point like i would about like butane chemicals. hash oil oh definitely not yeah i don't i don't need that much like regular weed gets me super high i don't need anything crazy like that and and if i'm gonna do extracts it's got to be like good clean like fresh uh, you need some like cold pressed or, rosin or something right yeah yeah i do a lot of edibles myself i'm thinking about uh getting back into an edible business i had like 10 years ago doing barbecue sauce and curry sauce and stuff so like actual Fuck good yeah. clean condiment food that like people can just have in their fridge and eat whenever and it's not tons of sugar you know, most most of the stuff at the dispensaries and everything is just like cookies and cake and Jolly Ranchers and gummy bears, and it's like nobody should be eating this, regardless of whether or not it has cannabis in it. Like, it's just trash. It's not food. It's just trash. It's just like you know, there's a lot of people don't actually like the taste, so they they're trying to mask it. But man, if you can just if you can just develop a like for the taste, like you could just straight up yeah. eat some Rick Simpson oil. Oh yeah, like, just straight up. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, well, that's why I, I do honey. I do an alcohol extract mm. and then evaporate off the alcohol and fold that goo that's left into honey oftentimes. And then I do uh, coconut oil and just do it, the extract right into the coconut oil. And it's like, yeah, with those things, you can put it into all sorts of things. You can mix it into stuff so you don't have to taste it, too. You can just mix honey. You know, like the honey just tastes like honey. You can just mix some coconut oil into whatever sort of stuff you do mix it with your regular butter or mix it with your cooking oil or mix it you know throw some in your I, fryer I went through a phase where, where we would just take like this is gonna sound gross but I, we would take like a quarter stick of butter and just straight up like saute extract or, or whatever flour in the butter and then pour the butter into a shot glass and just take a shot and that would just be like <laughs> you for the night <laughs> yep Yep, I, I had those days. Uh, my favorite was doing, I did it in like ice cube trays way back when. So I could dose it out by the ice cube trays. And okay. like one, one night, some friends and I just got crazy and we did two ice cubes. And that was like, an ice cube was like one batch of brownies. And we did two ice cubes, melted it down, mixed it with peanut butter and just made three peanut butter sandwiches for the three of us. <laughs> and we were gone for like 18 hours. Yeah. Bro. We woke up like the next night, night. Like, 
yeah, Dude, yeah one time I had a buddy uh, back in the day. Uh, he had cancer. And so like from the time he was like six years old, he got like diagnosed with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. One of those. It was either Hodgkin's or non-Hodgkin's. I don't know what it was. And so like basically they told him like every six months you're going to die. Right. Okay, now you're going to die. Now you're gonna. He's still alive. He's fucking kicking ass, and he's oh, like, yeah. yeah, he's the shit, dude. So fucking. <laughs> yeah. for him. Last but, we heard, he had six months to live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, but they had given him a fuck ton of Marinol, and mm. he he liked to smoke, so like he just had like a fucking had this huge bottle of Marinol, and we had no idea how to dose it, and I think we had run out of fucking we had run out of flour, so like we were like. Fuck it, let's take it. So we started like taking the we take five or six, and I, I still don't know like the micro whatever like the dosing um, hit us, and so like we were fucking bored. So we kept taking more of it, and we basically between like three friends fucking bottles. So like probably 25, 30 <laughs> fucking <laughs> these fucking things, dude. and all of a sudden oh, it fucking hit us like a goddamn mm-hmm. like an, a wave out in the ground and we were we were high for like two days we were like two full fucking days that shit is insane dude i don't know what the equivalent it looks like the you're supposed to take some five milligrams daily at the most of marinol but i don't know how that compares to like you know actual marijuana because marinol is synthetic is it not marinol is a synthetic thc specifically yeah Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not down. They're just for these little jelly caps. Yeah, yeah, I did those. We yeah, were desperate back years. in the day, dude. We like, yeah, <laughs> dude. I remember one time all we had was some like hash oil, and so we literally we had we we'd smoke out of fucking soda cans because we were gross, and like we didn't have a pipe because any anytime I had a pipe, my mom would find it and she'd smash it. So we were fucking sitting there constructing a fucking soda can pipe and like we literally only you gave me alzheimer's mom yeah dude maybe fuck years of smoking out of soda this is your fault that Uh, i can't remember your name (laughs) dude i mean maybe that's why i'm terrible at this shit but anyways we like put fucking oregano on top of the pipe and then we like poured honey oil all over it and fucking smoked it it was disgusting it was awful. Was there any weed in there? It was just oregano and honey. And that was it. it. It was just oregano and it was like hash oil that we had put on the fucking oregano. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, we, no, that, we that didn't even horrible. know how to fucking <laughs> like because dabs were, didn't even exist back then. We had no idea. Like all we had was the extract. So like we were sitting there because we'd normally like put it on a bowl and smoke it mm-hmm. and we didn't have any fucking weed. So we put it on oregano and it was a terrible idea. Mm. It was disgusting. Well, so so to like bring a little bit of like a, one of those little things I was mentioning, like, yeah, a lot of us took in crazy amounts of aluminum through shit like that and through jabs that we got as kids and we got mercury and all this stuff. So it's like, yes, that's a thing and it does damage, but also we can get it out of our bodies. You know, you can do chelation. You I can need do this. Heavy metal what do detoxing. I need to do? <laughs> uh, there's, there's a variety of options, right? Some of the biggest things would be cilantro. Uh, but fresh cilantro, you can, but like obviously you can get a lot more if you do cilantro juice and cilantro oil works well, essential oil, uh, cilantro. And then you want to mix it with 
uh, spirulina or chlorella because they basically bind like crazy. The cilantro actually stirs up. Like, it gets tons of the metal that's out of your fatty cells and stuff, but it can give you a Herxheimer's reaction. You can get sick if you don't have stuff to bind it with. So you want to mix it with the chlorella or the spirulina uh, or something like, uh, you know, bentonite clay, uh, zeolite, any of those things. And you just, Where do you I find any of this? Um, I, I mean, realistically, <laughs> any... Any any like natural grocers or any food co-op or like New Seasons or any place like that's gonna have some of this stuff. You can get it online at lots of places. Um, I'm sure Amazon has all of it because they have everything. But uh, and then some some mushrooms would be good to mix in there too. Some like lion's mane or some like Stamet Seven blend that has like the lion's mane and chaga and all of that. And then you can just do like one smoothie a day that has all this stuff in it. And then maybe later in the day, like one shot uh, or like one glass of like cilantro lemonade, like cilantro spirulina lemonade. And you just make yourself a lemonade with, you know, lemon juice or like get, you know, good jug of lemonade, whatever. But yeah, it'll, it'll only take a few days to get maybe not everything, but tons of that stuff out of your body. And it, it helps and you can keep doing it for days and days. It's not going to really hurt you at all. You might turn down the cilantro over time um, and just, you know, like I, I do spirulina and chlorella in my smoothies like every day. So it's have, like, have always you guys ever happy. heard of uh, Palo Azul? Palo Azul. It's, hmm. it's the Ooh. bark of some tree. I, th- I always thought it was like a Mexican, like, uh, like, you know, witch doctor sort of brew, but apparently it is the bark of this tree. And if you boil the bark, it turns water blue, which is why they call it Palo Azul. Um, but it, it had a lot of these same properties that you're kind of describing that if you had some weird illness that conventional medicine just wasn't helping you out, you'd go and find the bark on this tree, you'd boil it, you'd drink it, and it would like flush all these toxins out uh, of your system. Yeah, there's tons of this stuff. I, I travel with uh, Shilquaiwe, which is native to central Mexico, and it's a root that you get and you can chew on the root. Uh, or you can make like tinctures and stuff out of it, and it's like antiviral, antifungal, anti—it's uh, like just antimicrobial in general. It's antiparasitic is one of the main things it's been used for, uh, and you can chew on. And it's a—it's like a good numbing agent. It's an anesthetic, like an oral anesthetic, uh, so it's used for all kinds of stuff. And it's like I, I got introduced to it with like water poisoning. Somebody filled up at a national park water station this jug. And we drank off it and we all got sick and we're like, what's happening? She's like, oh, I filled up there. And we're like, oh, there was no drinking water there. That was not a, that was not an option. Uh, <laughs> and then that was, this, that was a had septic this. tank uh, exhaust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, you know, just, yeah. anyway, somebody had this stuff and we all just took a few sprays and it feels crazy in your mouth. It's like fuzzy lightning kind of inside out feeling like really weird. But we did a few sprays a couple times in a row and within 15, 20 minutes, all of us, like the symptoms were completely gone. They didn't come back. And then I've used it since then for people with throat stuff, with tooth stuff, general head cold. I get, I travel with that, with my colloidal silver, with my high, high volume zinc, high volume C. Like I literally travel with all this stuff for myself and then for people around. Because it's like whatever's coming on, if you hit it with the right things, it's going to reduce it by at least 90% of its like intensity and time, if nothing else. You might just be able to get rid of it completely. Kenny, I love this shit that you're saying, man, because like this is the stuff I fucking fantasize about. I just don't even know where to get started to fucking learn this kind of shit. Like mm. I like 
let's say I have something wrong with me. I have no fucking idea what to do. Like I, I remember the when I thought I got COVID, I thought the thing I had to do is I literally went and got horse paste. I went to the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and then you I started drinking to bleach too, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. No, you put you put the bleach up your asshole. Is what you you do. got the <laughs> apple flavored horse paste, right? Because that was, it was the one you were supposed it to literally get. Literally was apple flavored. Okay, good, <laughs> it was good. apple flavored horse paste. Oh good. fuck! And I fuck. I took that shit. And, yeah, I was fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean ivermectin's great. Yeah, I was buying it in Mexico just the little capsules because they were selling it in other countries all around the world. It was just the states <laughs> that was being weird about it because the U.S. is dumb. But yeah, it's um. I mean, I don't have any books like offhand that I would recommend, but there's so many people that have written great books on this stuff from the different angles too. Cause there's like the Ayurvedic medicine and then there's the Chinese medicine. And then there's just like the general herbal medicine that would be stuff, but more available in the States, you know, and you can even get like localized stuff because Cascadia alone has, you know, 70 different kinds of mushrooms and a hundred different kinds of berries and all this stuff. So it's like different places. There's going to be different books, but just getting some herbal medicine books, some or some general, uh, yeah, some general books on, on like the mushroom stuff. Like it's great, it's great stuff to have. I think for anybody that's like remotely a prepper or any of that stuff too. Of like, if you should have some books on the mushrooms and the plants that grow in your area in case shit goes down, because then there's more food sources, medicine sources, and you know what the poison is, and that might be stuff that you could trade for, you know, whatever as well if you just have a book to identify you don't have to know anything yet you just have to be able to like look at the book and okay what kind of gills okay that, that's the right kind okay what kind of okay yep okay that that's that's the right one that looks like it uh and then you get to know it with practice uh, and that's the thing is i've just been practicing this stuff for you know a decade plus now so i just know a lot of it off the top of my hand and i've tried different things and seen different things working and not working with people and yeah Dude, that shit's fucking cool. Sorry, go ahead, Thomas. I'm just kidding. I mean, th th this is more mostly serious. It sounds like a joke, but it's mostly serious. But like the same way that we find these ancient cultures and we look through their, you know, ethnobotany and, and try to figure out like, oh, they're actually onto something, even though for the last 100 or 200 years, all the explorers were just like, yeah, you rubes and your stupid plants, right? And then we find out later there's something to it. Do you think that there could be the pendulum swinging the other way that in like two or three hundred years people are digging up like Rockefeller books and they're like, you know, no one gave these rock of this Rockefeller tribe, you know, their their proper credit like they were actually onto something. And like just the fact that it had been lost for a couple centuries and then gets rediscovered, it gives it credibility. And I guess the uh, the other flip side of that would be like, are there any folk medicines that you think are BS? Or do you think they all have some kind of validity to them? Uh, to the first piece, yeah, I mean, in, in certain, uh, certain scenarios playing out, right? If we had like massive EMPs leading to like massive craziness all over the world and lots of information lost and stuff. Then and like everyone's just like taking colloidal totally silver and nothing else um, like colloidal silver and cilantro but, and it's like not doing right. the trick and then someone <laughs> finds an old rockefeller book and they're like man the agents yeah. had it right i could see it especially they're, they're very convincing because it's all written as propaganda right it's not just like informational it's, yeah, it's very true um and onto the other side like i'm sure yeah different different plants there's always going to be stories that are made up too there's always going to be things where you know it works for certain specific causes of something 
Like if you have an ulcer from this, then this plant works. If it's anything else, it's going to do nothing for you, or it might even be toxic. There's always going to be like this whole bell curve of things. Uh, and there's even different, you know, there's from like eating the plant medicine itself, like taking in plants, taking in fresh juices to essential oils, which are much more refined to like homeopathic stuff where it's like many, many times distilled and it's just like tiny traces of this stuff. And, you know, part of it is that the, the placebo effect is everything. Like, again, coming back to that, like the human experience is decided by the human story. Like if you are, if you, that's where it helps to have someone like me when working with somebody because because they trust me because I have all this knowledge that I can spout off and they've seen me do this with other people and stuff, it makes it help them more than if they just like picked it up themselves, but they weren't quite sure. And they're like, I think, I mean, I've heard people use this before, but like if you trust it, whether it's you trust in yourself or you trust in that, that person giving if it the to propaganda is good it enough. It. <laughs> yeah. Like it literally, it'll make it more effective, you know? So there's so many, there's so many pieces. And again, so much of it just comes down to like the, the closer the body is to like homeostasis, the closer the body is to health. If you're not full of a bunch of toxins all the time, when something hits you, you can fight that thing off because your body's not already totally overloaded with stress and with, you know, environmental stress and uh, emotional stress and immuno stress. Like if you're are, if you're in good shape, generally speaking, then everything's going to be easier to deal with. And just in general too, like just people getting triggered and screaming at you, it's going to be easier to deal with. Like having a bad day, it's going to be easier to deal with if your body's not hurting, if your digestion's going well, if you have good energy, if you're sleeping well, and those things all like feedback loop into each other, like self-care feedback loops into better self-care and a better experience of life and better thinking. And just, you know, it's, it's like, I don't even care about how long I live. Like, I don't know. I, I was, you know, suicidally depressed for most of my life, the first, you know, 25 plus years. And I don't have any fear of death. I'm not, I, there's a reason that I just talk about everything that I do and everything that I don't do. And I don't worry about anyone from any governments hearing about it or any, like, I'm not, I'm like, if I get assassinated for something like dope, that's like a cool way to go out. Like if I just die off randomly, like that's whatever too. Like whether I get reincarnated or whether I don't, I don't have strong beliefs about any of that. And I know if I take care of myself, I wake up feeling good every day my body feels good, like things work. I don't get, you know, when stiffness comes up, it's pretty rare and it's easy to deal with. It's not like everything's, I don't know. I lived, you know, drinking and eating the standard American diet and doing all that stuff. And I was like 20, 21, 22, 20, you know, up all through like my young, you know, the, those years when you're supposed to be in great shape and stuff. And like, I was always in pain and I was always dehydrated and my digestion was terrible. And, you know, just, it was, yeah, I feel so much better now than I did back then. I'm like in so much better shape. My mind works better. My immune system works better. And it's still just getting better and better as I detox that stuff more and more. Cause some of it takes a long time to get out of our systems. That's Ooh. fucking neat, man. Uh, I know that like, like what you were talking about before, as far as like finding all these different herbs and finding all these, basically all this ancient knowledge, dude, it's like, that's what my wife is obsessed with, dude. She's, she's trying to learn all this kind of shit. Like, and to me, it's so much of this stuff was like lost. I think via like the Catholic church, like I see like, you know, I, I do consider myself a Christian, but it's, it's almost like so much of it, like 
so much of the witchy fucking wisdom that like was like old European knowledge and different things like that. It's just for the most part, it's gone. Like we were starting to find the little fragments. We're starting to pick up like some of the pieces, but um, man, dude, I it just, I, it's fucking cool what you're doing, Kenny. Like I, yeah. you and I are going to be in it. fucking communication. <laughs> I got fucking questions, dude. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I. That's that's like one of the best parts about it is I get to just live this crazy awesome life, and then like my activism is to just talk about how I live and like the thing. It's like it's, there's so much stuff that's possible that we don't think about because we we just live in you know we all live in our our ruts that we get different all the different beliefs, all the different traumas, all the different programs, and so many people know the agorism and they know the anarchy and they're like maybe someday we'll be able to achieve and it's like no but like we can right now too like we can each individually choose to live like free and abundant and have awesome decentralized community excuse me around the world and like go like you know covid was freaking amazing for me you know i flew out of the states on the 20th of march i had a private flight i paid 65 dollars for a flight with no other passengers on it whatsoever uh direct down to puerto vallarta and i was in mexico just chilling going between places when one would start doing masks i just moved to a different town came back up all through it just traveling freedom festivals freedom conferences they were all amazing because they were like way bigger than they were normally because people wanted things to do and like it i mean travel was cheap everything was great and then going to the places seeing the dichotomy between you know southern california or portland or seattle Versus like Eastern Washington, Eastern Oregon, Northern California, Idaho, like Idaho, there was never any of that except in Boise itself, you know, like for all those years, like they just didn't do it. Like it's, yeah, it really helps show me like, oh, the U.S. is not one place like at all. Like I kind of knew that already, but seeing the response and how different they were to that stuff, it's like, yeah, I think, I think the U.S. military thing, like the hegemony collapsing and the the euro or the u.s petrodollar collapsing i think is going to lead to the u.s fracturing and like yeah the, i think they're going to then switch switch it into the amero the american union kind of thing and it'll be canada all these different american countries now mexico etc all lumped under a thing together uh, so it won't necessarily be that much different but um, that's my opinion, line in the sand. If they worse. try to start, if they try to start mixing us with the Canadians, that's where <laughs> I pull up my arms and I'm like, All right, I've had enough of this shit, bro. I'm not a fucking Canadian. Fuck that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Dave, you were you were saying something. Uh, it's all good, man. I have such a shitty fucking lag right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild, but it seems to work. It comes and goes. <laughs> Um, let's see. Yeah, but so uh, I, I was gonna. You got something? God like, damn it! And this fucking lag dude is so <laughs> shitty. I'm sorry, man. Uh, what I was gonna say is that as far as like I'm that anarchist that knows agorism, that knows all this shit. And I'm like, we have to work towards it. But like, you are living proof that you can live that life right now because like I, I tell people this. Like, I see the United States as like the Titanic, 
and the goddamn Titanic is sinking right now, and we have to build that other boat. We have to have that other system so that normal people can look over and actually see like some light through the end of the tunnel. Because right now they're just like, fuck it, I guess we're just gonna sink on the fucking ship. You know, and like, or they don't even know that we're fucking sinking. They're they're being retards, and they're still like, like standing around, just like having a good old fucking time, <laughs> and they don't even see that like we're, half the fucking ship just cracked in half. And yeah. so, like, like what you're doing is you're you're living proof that like you can live off these systems, and like the pessimist will say, and they're not entirely wrong that like you could look at like the Weaver family, like, you know, like Randy Weaver tried to separate and tried to go in the middle of fucking nowhere in, in Idaho. And still the ATF came and got him and killed his fucking family. Right. But like, right. It, and that, that is an issue. And I think that will be an issue for certain people, but if there's enough of us and we're all decentralized, they're not going to kill all the Randy Weavers. Right. And yeah. so we just have to hope that we're not Randy well, and also, another pro tip is if a stranger walks up to you and he's like, could you just shave like a quarter inch off of this tube for me? Just don't ever do it. Or what was, what was the just Branch Davidians? Uh, yeah. The Branch Davidians were like, hey, here's a bunch of like empty grenade shells. Do you want these? You know what I mean? Just say right. no, dude. Just yeah. like, don't fall for Hard it. no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't fall for the psyops. Yeah, that's a big thing. Is yeah, right. It's just like not falling for shit like that, and then not, like, not. I think you know better. Better opsec is very important for the freedom movement. A lot of people have really terrible opsec. They they don't. You know, people are building these off grid communities, and then they've got like websites and and stuff for like tickets for events and all this. Where like the address for the off-grid property is publicly out there it's easily searchable and like all this stuff like no like the property i'm talking about is like people will know that it exists because all of us will like make mention it here and there but like nobody's gonna know where it's at and by any means what county what any like it's not gonna be and no public events are gonna be happening there where it's not you know it's like actual kind of more of a sanctuary in a way we're not gonna be huge out there like trying to rally the neighbors and do a bunch of stuff like what about drones you know? man wouldn't drones just expose you immediately or like google google satellites and stuff uh i mean maybe to a degree to like what degree are they seeing okay they see there's something out there they see there's people there or whatever oh, yeah they, they feed the stream directly to yeah. ai and ai's like there's people here yeah but is that that's not a threat to them in the same way as people who are like out publishing stuff like out, yeah, yeah, fair point. you know rabble rousing and stuff uh like we're, we're all planning on like kind of going into retirement and like they'll, they'll, shifting to that side the building they'll side. run the rural communities through like that slow infiltration instead of just like an immediate shock and awe campaign yeah yeah and that's the thing we're like being in a place where where most of the people around you are pretty anti-government and have guns that's a great buffer zone when things like that happen you know, if they if they start rounding people up for FEMA camps, being in Portland or Seattle or L.A. or Austin or Houston or <laughs> does it come New with York a free donut? Any of <laughs> those places is going to suck. <laughs> being being two hours from a city with all <laughs> rednecks with guns between you and that city, that's a pretty solid position. Dude, how many people are willingly going to get on the boxcars because they're like, 
they put like a fucking pride flag on there and like stand with Ukraine <laughs> kind of bullshit. And they're like, dude, you get a fucking free donut and there's Pornhub in here. Like the, right. the new iPhone's actually a FEMA coffin and you just have to get into it. But then you have the new iPhone. Yeah. Oh yeah. It'll be a lot at this rate. Uh, Cause I think, I think the people who are on that end of the spectrum, the people who are bought in, like the people who didn't get shaken out of the system in some way by what just happened, definitely have like quadrupled down and have even more levels of heavy metals in their body than ever and have even more, you know, like they're, they're down. They're like, they're ride or die NPCs. Like there's, <laughs> there's no, they're not coming out of that. Like, dude, yeah. it's fucking wild. You're a hundred percent right. Cause like there are a lot of normies that got the first shot and then they were like, wait, I can still get it and I can still pass it. They're like, wait, this is bullshit. You guys were lying to us. Uh, you know, there's a few fucking normies that I talked to that kind of woke up and they're like, wow, this is all fucking bullshit. And, they're, and they're, their eyes are actually opening. But the people that are fucking like sold on this shit, you're 100% right, dude. They are fucking tripling down. They're they're all the fuck about this shit, dude. They, they're literally like, I know a person, their fucking daughter died. Their fucking daughter died. She was She was like 35 years old fucking died of a massive fucking heart attack she went and got her fucking booster and she goes well she was a little overweight so that's probably why she had a well, heart attack. think about how and much like, worse it would have been if she didn't have that fuck? booster before she died like she would have yeah. died even worse bro yeah she would have died twice yeah <laughs> these people are so fucking it's an orthodoxy dude it's it's a fucking religion of statism scientism of the state like it's it's fucking yeah. wild, dog. Yeah, yeah and I mean, and it's we're describing same, faith, right? right? Yeah. yeah, it's faith. Yeah, like it's not, it's not really new, right? Like it's been, it's just a new layer to it. But it's all, yeah, the the authoritarianism from from kings to churches to to the yeah the the founding fathers and this sort of mythology to you know the constitution that was already like nonsense replacing the the articles of confederation that didn't allow for a standing army and didn't allow for centralized currency and stuff like it's you know it's all it's all been psyops for for like the whole time the school the school system's been complete psyops it's not like the woke stuff is ruining the schools like the schools have been a complete psyop since they were started 150 years ago by rockefeller the medicine isn't like like the COVID vaccines were like some new different thing. It's like, it's been a complete poison eugenic scam for 150 years since it was started by John D. Rockefeller. Like it's, you know, like it's just the same thing. It's just, it's becoming much more clear, much more blatant, much more of it's done publicly and not, not uh, even, you know, bothered to be classified anymore or anything like much more of it's just blatant and in people's faces and people are waking up in massive numbers because of that too and stuff so it's like but yeah it's like it's the same game that's been played for the last hundred years plus right like it, i think the last couple thousand years well, the, i think the, the roman the empire is still what we're dealing with the pessimist in me though it makes me think that back when rockefeller first started there was such a direct connection to the rockefeller foundation and the joe's you know macy foundation like the the originators of the eugenics movement were still alive and directly connected to all of these you know these funding of like the rockefeller medicine machine but now since it's been around and in the dna of this country for at least 100 years now 150 you know or so 
Now it's like you don't have that direct connection. So now if you say Rockefeller Medicine, she's like, oh, you're just the you know conspiracy theorist. I like, know we're Making literally talking about the entire system set up by one particular kind of think tank. Yeah. Um, direction but since we're so far since we're 150 years removed from being able to be like oh yeah rockefeller that guy that's on the newspaper right now like that doesn't really exist anymore but now what we have in place of that are all these professional scientists with expensive looking lab equipment and like top you know top top quality budget commercials that you see during the halftime show that's like these guys are professionals look at their fancy you know white technology and like their expensive looking lab coats of course they have the answers yeah well now it's bill gates medicine right it's mostly the like he would be the one to point to in the well, and he's made so much money how could it be wrong about this right if you're if you're rich (laughs) how can you be wrong about this yeah well simultaneously they say eat the rich yeah, right. it's all goofball yeah. bullshit. And yeah. I was going to say, like, the right equally falls for these psyops, man. And because, mm-hmm. like, something you were talking about, dude, you were talking about, like, um, like it, you're right. The woke shit isn't what broke the, the schools. The schools have been broken this entire fucking time. Because, like, I remember Adam telling me the story. So, like, like during the lockdowns and uh, all this kind of bullshit, there's these people on the side of the road holding up signs. They're like, we want medical freedom. We want, you know, all this kind of shit. And so, like, Adam like went and talked to him and they were a bunch of QAnoners like hardcore right like those types yeah. and uh like he like met up with them at a church and like and like more power to them like they at least their their hearts in the right place and if you are for medical freedom you're my ally in that respect you know what I mean so like you know I don't I don't hate them I just understand that it's a limited hangout and yeah. they don't even know it and they're psyop too and so you you know, this whole thing, but like they were talking about, so like all the local in our little County, me and Adam live in the same County. And, um, they had like fired all the teachers that wouldn't get poked. Right. So mm-hmm. all the teachers that wouldn't get fucking jab, they fucking fired him. And we live in a rural fucking County, dude. It's, it's red. We live in a little yeah. fucking red County. And they were talking about like fucking like protesting and like, like we need to get those teachers their job backs. And like, Adam was like, so like like you you don't see a problem with the fucking schools directly like he like he, he told me that he was like with the amount of money that you guys p- like pay in taxes this that and the other he goes why don't you guys do like a fucking homeschool you pay mm-hmm. one of these fucking local teachers that you knew that was great like you could do homeschooling kind of fucking pods you could kind of like you know what i mean and almost like get out of the system and it broke their brain they'd never even fucking considered it that like a million percent idea. bro what a great idea because yeah like the number one best way would be exactly extract the best teachers outside of mm-hmm. the system show them this like non-governmental version of teaching and get them to be advocates and get their other good friends. Cause it sucks having teacher, even good teachers, because the longer that they stay in that system, the more they become programmed and dependent on that government titty. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. even if they've got the best intentions and it's the best teacher that you could ever imagine, if you've been then living in the belly of the beast for 20 years, I'm sorry. Like you're no longer infiltrating big brother to fight <laughs> from the inside. Like, dude, you're a fucking cog, you know, you've got, the teeth marks are worn into every aspect of your body at yeah. that point. Cough, cough, Ron Paul and Bernie Sanders. Like, <laughs> from either side there, right? Yeah. Like they got these guys that have been. No, they're different. They're the exceptions, but, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. 
Yeah. I do yeah. I do have a soft spot in my heart on Paul, but it's true. Yeah, he's my favorite statist. <laughs> yeah, but but if the, <laughs> but see if there was no Ron Paul, then we also wouldn't have to have a Rand Paul, so yeah. Oh man. Dude, I had such high hopes for Rand Paul. Dude, when I went through my political evolution, I had been super far left and shot the other direction because I thought that's what you had to do. So I like went super I'm not hard right, but like like faggot conservative right. And I was like the biggest like Rand Paul stan. Did like, you ever I have the thin blue guy. line and sticker he's anywhere? Such a fucking disappointment. No, I still hated cops. Thin blue I fucking, okay. I, that I can't. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I fucking hated the police. I was an ACAB conservative, which didn't make sense. Like, I actually had started, like, a movement. I called myself uh, the reluctant conservative because, like, I thought I had to be a conservative, but I didn't like it. You know what I mean? And so and I actually had a big, like, following, dude. I had probably, well, not big. I had, like, 35,000 followers at my height on Facebook. And then... I started like politically still evolving and I turned more and more anarchist and I started hating all of my followers. I was like, you guys are all <laughs> fucking fags. Yeah. And so I just <laughs> nuked it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like I should address one thing that I need to mention uh, while we're here. The newspaper Liberty Uncensored. So a friend and I started an actual newspaper like uh, this last month for, for March. We did 3,000 print copies uh, delivered in eight different counties around the U.S. And then the PDF is free online and stuff, too. But really focusing on that, getting it door to door, like to, you know, everyone in Delta County and everyone in like there's a whole uh, there's a piece in Columbia County, Multnomah County. Two counties in Colorado, a county in Wyoming, a county in New Mexico. Uh, you know, getting true, like actual unbiased, or or if the bias is there, it's very clear from that person. Uh, you know, fact-based news out to people, and uh, yeah. So I just have to bring that up before I, I forget, and we just talk and talk and talk, and then we're done. Because um, that's the the thing. LibertyUncensored.news, uh, and we've got a Substack. Go download the stuff for free uh, or, you know, sign up for the email list or all the things we'd love to. Yeah. We're just working with, working with all sorts of people in the movement to do all sorts of different stuff with it too. Uh, and bringing it to all the events and like using it to promote stuff, like, you know, all the good things like that people aren't going to see online necessarily because of the way the algorithms work and the siloing of the different websites you know, people who have never heard of any of these ideas are pretty much guaranteed not to find these ideas unless they start searching for them, unless they start changing their algorithm. And uh, never mind the active shadow banning and active, you know, censorship stuff, just just the algorithms working as they should. But if we put it on people's doorsteps and then there's ads for like Adam's pod, uh, no, Adam's podcast isn't in there yet, but we've got a few different podcasts in there and we've got... Yeah, let's get you guys in there. Yeah. Okay, dude. I'll start talking about your show too. I'll start talking about the the newspaper. I think that's fucking awesome, man. I think that people need alternatives for things too, because like, 
I remember there was a period of time where my oldest son, he wanted to go to public school. Uh, he had been homeschooled his whole life and he wanted to go to public school uh, because he just wanted to make friends, whatever. And so I was like, okay. So I think this was like sixth, sixth grade, I think fifth or sixth grade. And he went to one of the little local shitty fucking, really shitty fucking schools in Aloha. And um, they had homework assignment for him. And every single night, you could either, you could watch something that was called CNN 10. So CNN 10, CNN makes these like awful propaganda videos. Yeah, yeah. They're just little, like very edible little like news, like, you know, all this terrible dog shit. Or... You could like, so this was like the either or you could just watch a 10 minute video or you'd have to go and find an article, read the article and write a summary. So how many kids are just going to watch CNN 10 every fucking kid? And so I refused. I was like, fuck, no, you're not doing that. We're not like we can watch CNN 10 together and then I'll break down the propaganda if you want. But then we're also going to fucking look at an article and we're going to read it. And so I was going to antiwar.com almost all the time. Like his teacher would have to like read our summaries and shit. And so she probably thought it was fucking nuts. I was going to antiwar.com. I was going to like uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Free Free Thought Project. And yeah, like yeah. and the anti media and shit like this, and we were like looking up like fucking awesome articles and talking about how shitty public schools are and like or you know something terrible. Uh, and so it's that's awesome that you you are starting another alternative because you're right. Like there is a legitimacy issue if people don't have a physical copy that like they can hold in their hands. Like there is this whole idea of like, well, what website is that? Where did you get this? Right. <laughs> You know, so I think that's really cool that you guys are still fucking with physical media and have an actual newspaper that somebody can flip through. And you can, like, leave it in a doctor's office. You can leave it at, like, you know, like, waiting rooms places or, like, just, like, places, communal spots where people will have to, like, pick something up because they're bored, that type of thing. I think that's really fucking cool, dude. I feel this is a good time to plug my my MK Ultra Paranoid pamphlet, which... Follows that same mantra where you just see this little pamphlet laying down somewhere in like a doctor's office or in like a waiting room. And of course, you know, oh, what's this? What could this possibly be about? And it's just a nice little like bite size, you know, little yeah. little comic or pamphlet. Yeah, I think I think that's a big piece of the shift that we're going to be seeing uh, in in a lot of this activism and a lot of this outreach work is people realizing that online is not the place to do a lot of it. We've got all these documentaries that already exist, all these books that exist, all these repositories of information, and then people that are doing it, you know, Derek Rose pumping things out, James Corbett pumping things out, Ernie Hancock, you know, you're like there's always going to be these like people pumping it out. For a lot of people, it's more about yeah, getting back in the into the real world, giving out little printed stuff, putting up stickers, wearing shirts that have a message on them, like these things that hit thousands of eyes even if it's just at a subconscious level you know would be a great t-shirt fuck russia and fuck ukraine i want i want to start wearing those (laughs) yep uh absolutely i never i don't promote this enough and i fucking should uh our other co-host which i think he's going to start being on the show more often uh tony you you know tony this camera is not going to pick this up. He, he he's a, selling invisibility clothes. Here we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he wrote a book. It's called Agorism, The Path to Freedom. Anthony nice. Bruni right here. It's okay. Dope. Nice. Uh, I got to get a copy of that. Yeah, dude. Um, and uh, so 
my son has been like passing these out. There you go. Now it's popping up. Uh, he's been passing out these little things uh, to in like the you know the little uh, the take a book, leave a book, little community yeah. libraries and shit. Yep. He's been dropping these off in there, and yep. so like yeah, that's beautiful. Seeing yeah. ideas. Yeah. Hey, if he wants to get a job as a paper boy, we could hire him to distribute some of the paper in your neighborhood. He's in. Yeah, he's in Columbia yeah, County, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and give him totally yeah. do it. Nice. Yeah, let's talk. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's part of the beauty of it too. Is like helping. Yeah, it's giving opportunities for a bunch of freedom lovers, kids to like do a little bit of a side hustle too. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Well, brother, this has been a lot of fun. We're hitting about an hour and a half. Uh, yeah. Do you want to tell our audience one more time, like, what are the best places to find you? Tell us one more time the website where we can find your newspaper if we can't, you know, get a physical copy and tell us all that fun stuff. Yeah. So the what, the newspaper is just libertyuncensored.news. And then uh, it's on, you know, Twitter and instagram and odyssey and telegram and all that stuff too you can just look up liberty uncensored newspaper and then for me um i'm on twitter and odyssey just my last name at palerentano and then i have a telegram channel that's uh kenny speed uh, and that's those are the, the only ones that i'm doing at the moment uh and i'm just kind of like slowly coming out of my shell uh <laughs> but yeah I, I try to stick with you know the the least corporate options that i can at least um, while still getting some reach. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, man. All right, Thomas, you want to throw some plugs, brother? Yeah, man. I'm going to see if I can do this without knocking anything over and breaking eye contact. Oh, yeah. look at this. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> this is uh, the Block Man and Punch comic. This is probably one of the, the cooler, and this is a brand new uh, avenue that I'm reaching out into with my comics for Paranoid American. This is entirely made by another writer and artist named Miguel McKenna, but this is like the coolest freaking look at this, this, this guy huffs paint and turn goes into like an astral realm and helps these guys <laughs> fight back against the Illuminati, like the actual oh, awesome. Illuminati. Here's, here's a rep there. Actually, this is a uh, Sheldon P company. Who's a turtle that owns a bunch of shell companies. Um, and <laughs> some of the, there we go. I'm doing great without even like looking at this man. Look at this. But here's the uh, this Illuminati pyramid. At one point, they just they're like, "Who else should we battle?" And he looks out the window, and it's like, "Hey, have you ever noticed that big pyramid out there? It's always been there." <laughs> so then, like, of, of course, they infiltrate the Illuminati here, and you can see all the members of the Illuminati. You've got the the sweaty man, jiggly tits, four uh, chan sort of uh, member there, and yeah, it's pretty. You got a little goth dude, and there's like a Jew in here because it's just like, of course, there's always going to be a Jew. Yeah, but this is this is the big one right now is Blockman and Punch, and you can get it on Amazon only right now. And uh, I'm gonna be jacking the price all the way up after it sells another maybe hundred copies or something. But uh, yeah, check this one out; it's super fun read. All right, we we should totally talk about that with the newspaper at some point. We want to get like comic strips into the newspaper too, um, especially as it grows. If you want, dude, I mean, I'll, I'll send you right now. I'll send you. Portions of this MK Ultra one, like some of the choice ones. We got little like yeah, that'd be great. yeah we'll totally we got Project them. Bluebird in there. We've got oh yeah, there's uh Nate's best friend right there. There's Teddy K. Yeah. Teddy Bear. Uncle Teddy right there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, man. 
And uh, we just started last night. Last night we started filming our new paranormal documentary. Uh, we had a spirit box and we were talking to fucking ghosts, dude. And they were literally talking to us. It freaked me the fuck out. It was absolutely insane. Uh, so everybody look out for that. That's coming out probably, I think, late April. I want to get it out on 420. I don't know if we're going to have it done by 420, but that's that's like the working fucking goal right now. And everybody <laughs> go buy Tony's book, Agorism, The Path to Freedom. You can find it. I think I always put the link out on our show notes. Um and you can fucking you can find it on Amazon, and I think that he has a, like a Kindle version and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. So shout out to Tony. Tony doesn't come on the show as much as he should. Uh, our work schedules conflict, so he hasn't been on the show in a little bit. I think the last time we had him on is when we had James Corbett on. I think like I gave him enough time ahead of time so he could take the time off so he could be there for that one because that was a special episode. That's a big one. That's a big yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Well, Kenny, awesome. thank you again, man. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have to do it again. And, dude, I, uh, dude, I definitely want to like promote your, uh, promote your newspaper. And I'd love to have a little ad in there. That would be fun. And yeah, there's, yeah. and I'm, I've got all kinds of health questions for you too. So this is just gonna cool, have yeah. to be. This is a cool. Like, I'm glad that we started this because, like, this is gonna be a cool little fucking uh, friendship, man. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I'm glad we got to connect this way, and it's awesome though. It's like a circling back too. Nate's gonna just start showing you warts and stuff. Hey, what, are, what about this thing? How do I get rid of like? this? Yeah, <laughs> I've rubbed everything I can think of on this thing. What's happening with it? Remember when I said I fell in love with Mexico? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, gents. I appreciate yeah, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Great. Have a good one.